0: hey everybody welcome back to the dealership fix it podcast you're listening to episode number 59 and i've got with me today a uh, bring back i got jared burt from hero hub to come back with me and man is is the stuff that he's been putting out just become ultra relevant with all of this coronavirus stuff I'm uh, Jared thanks for taking the time to get on with me today
1: hey I'm excited to, to talk to you and join you today this is uh, this is uh, like you said very interesting times
0: you know I don't I don't know if I think maybe the, in my in my depths I, I like, Big changes. And, you know, I don't, I would always tell somebody, like, I like to watch a thunderstorm. Am I just weird? Because I like to see, you know, not like a train wreck, but like a thunderstorm, big changes, you know, to me, th- those things mean something. And with all this stuff that's going on right now and some of the responses I've seen with some, uh, some guys on like uh, Instagram, some of the dealerships and what they're putting out there, um, I think being proactively, you know, to the direction of some of, uh, sort of, your teachings that you've been putting out there this last, uh, let's say, a year or so, um, I feel a lot of optimism. Am I crazy right now to feel optimism for what we do and with all the sort of the trepidation and the the, ter- the turmoil that we're in the middle of with all the question marks?
1: You no, know, not crazy at all. No, I totally agree with you. And I think that um, the one of the best examples uh, I can think of of that is uh, a guy named Greg Woodward recently bought a Harley Davidson dealership in Idaho Falls, Idaho. And I was, I was talking to him. I met him, uh, last week and, and we were speaking about the, you know, the concerns and the current conditions with COVID-19 and, uh, and he was, he was just speaking to their perspective and, you know some of the adjustments and accommodations that they were meeting, making for customers, but something that he said that really stuck out to me was that we our dealership is the center for optimism, and you could feel it um, in his dealership that the staff um, was had that and radiated that optimism, and uh, and so. It was it was great to see that from the dealership. He, they know that uh, customers, their their customers, that can get out and ride during these times. Um, that that it does a lot of good for just their well being, their mental health. Um, you know, especially when with uh, homeschooling. I've I've already suspended my daughter from homeschool, and we've expelled my son. Um, and it's only been five days in to homeschooling. (laughs) So I can appreciate the center for optimism that dealerships are.
0: You know, it it makes me think of things, you know, when all this sort of wackiness is going on and all these question marks, it makes me think of how, you know, if you've ever watched a, like one of the big blockbuster movies, um, and it's showing the perspective of, you know, somebody in prison. And the life there, of course, you you've, you get immersed in, like, you know, hope to, you know, anything that's good that I never have to be behind those walls myself. Yeah. But you live that during a movie, and you realize, I think, really quickly um, how, whatever, I think they'd say dangerous, but I, how important hope is. Because obviously, if, you know, like we are now, depending on where you are in the country and exactly what your current jurisdiction is telling you, stay in the house, you're okay to go outside or whatever you think about a way to be able to, uh, to melt that away. If you, if you either have the hope that in short order, I should be able to be back out doing my thing on my motorcycle or name that other uh, device um, you know, that sort of hope I think is, is so important right now.
1: Absolutely. this time of year in Idaho where I'm at, it's both snowmobile season and you know, now motorcycles are coming. It's time to get motorcycles out. And yesterday I, Uh, I I was on my bike and it felt so good to be on a motorcycle. It did so, it just does so much for you emotionally, mentally. It was a reset. So yeah, absolutely. Totally agree.
0: So, you know, I think we're on the same page and and I think anybody that would be listening to this would be of a similar persuasion to understand and know, but I just want to make sure we've... I've, I've really beat that horse to death. I think the organization, the, the industry that we're in or you know, these other parallels, whether it's you know we're in power sports, you know the marine industry, RV industry, um, these other areas, these are all want to do's, not need to do's. I think we all know that as much as we want to help our customers figure out a way to make it a have to do so that it's a you know, part of their life. they can never go away. Ultimately, it's something they really are, are passionate about. And, you know, I'm really glad that we're a part of this, even in tough times, because this is something that, um, that people need and want. The old, uh, you don't see a motorcycle parked outside the psychiatric doctor's, you know, <laughs> office or whatever, you know, that, that whole like uh, idea that it's a, uh, you know, it's therapy in itself. And I totally believe in that. Uh, but anyway, not to, uh, to beat that horse too far to death, but I was hoping to be able to talk with you about, you had put out an article uh, here not too long ago that really took um, some of the ideas and concepts you've been working with um, to the next level and, and applied them right over top of this, uh, the coronavirus stuff. It's called 10 uh, Ways to Protect Dealerships in the Post-Coronavirus Era. Um, yeah. i like to talk with you a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, and I and I know it's not the best title. Uh, Dear News is actually has taken the article, and they'll be publishing it this Monday in their March issue, and they've retitled it "Beating the COVID nineteen slump," which is probably more you know a little easier and catchier. That's why they get paid the big bucks to actually <laughs> the professionals uh, that actually publish, as opposed to me, um, who's, who's just an amateur. Um, but uh, yeah, for sure, it's um, you know really the way that this came about. I was I was uh, on the East Coast last week, and I was I was flying uh, back to Idaho, um, and while I was while I was out there, I had I, I decided to check in with some dealerships in Rochelle, New York, and Seattle, Washington. And those two areas, those two regions are significant because these are hot spots for early outbreaks um, where there were a lot of confirmed cases in the United States, at least Um, in Rochelle, New York. um, and, And that was, you know, that's five miles away from where I was a week and a half ago in New York City. But that's an area where there's, there was, there may still be, but there was at the time a containment order where National Guard was was there to make sure that the folks in that community were quarantined. So pretty major stuff, you know. In in Idaho at the time, we didn't have one case in in the entire state. So it felt pretty good. We were hold, we held out pretty pretty long, but there were hot spots. And so the dealerships that I spoke to, um, at least here in my backyard, a week ago, really very little concern but when i talked to a dealership in seattle um this was a toyota dealership and they said you know we've taken a lot of precautions we we take steering wheel covers and we put them on all the cars um before we check them into the shop we're we're using gloves we're taking extra precautions to make sure we have a sanitary environment and it was impressive i was like whoa they're really taking this seriously and they're taking a lot of precautions for employee and customer safety, and uh, and they and I said, you know, and I I mentioned that I said, wow, you guys are doing a lot. Um, what you know? Why is that? What are you seeing? And they said, well, a dealership down the road um, had an employee that had a confirmed case a few days ago, and they closed their dealership over the weekend, and they're open again. So I thought, Oh, that's, that's interesting. I'll call them. So, so I called that dealership uh, and this is in the Seattle area and they were reopened. They said, we cleaned everything, but they didn't apply any of those same precautions. They, um, you know, they said, Hey, if a salesperson tries to shake your hand, just tell them to back off. Um, They, I said, well, what if I, what if I need my car serviced? I'm not comfortable coming into your dealership. Uh, could you come pick it up? And they said, no, you. We, we don't do that. We don't have any way to pick up your your car to have it serviced and bring it back to the office. And uh, they, they said, if you want to, you could take it up with management. So it just that enlightened me. I talked to Harley dealerships. I talked to, to multi lane power sports dealerships. And you know, at this point, there wasn't much effect on business. Um, there wasn't a lot of concern a week ago, but just in a couple cases, um, there there were, and so it made me think. You know, there's really there really are some things like this one dealership um, that didn't want to get shut down. They they were applying some things that I thought I need to get some of that out there, and so a lot of what I what I got was from that dealership that was in this desperation mode. And, and so I put that together with some other things, that just from a customer's perspective, as a customer, as a writer, um, that, and, and as a former dealership, what I knew, what I, what I knew that customers would value, especially during this, during this pandemic. Um, because we knew even a week ago, this is, This is going to get worse before it gets better
0: yeah you know what's tough is you think about all the perceptions and how it's been um i don't know like for power sports where my home has been for a lot of years it's not like there's not plenty of dealerships with wonderfully clean bathrooms and so on and so forth but ultimately you know dealerships in general have have, i think been given quite a bit of a pass because eh, they're dealerships if we're talking power sports for example and in, right. in a lot of cases, some RV dealerships are the same way because they might operate out of some little trailer with a deck on it, you know, and they're selling RVs out there and they don't mind sort of the, that that's how it's set up. It's maybe uh, keeping everything super sanitary hasn't been um, high on the priority list and we can give it a pass. And I think that's where I like to think, okay, so something drastic enough is happening that it's a wake-up call because, because you're saying, you know, that even if you were given a pass before – Eh, you know we're, we're I think we're past and through that expectations uh whether you're they, they're shared with you or not by a customer are, are fundamentally changed you know at this point even though we're not through it right
1: yeah exactly yeah so my my motivation for writing this article really what was which which it is available on my LinkedIn um page uh, and on Medium but on Monday it'll be available on Viva News but but really, my motivation for writing these things was um, in talking to dealerships that were were in the thick of it, affected the most early on. What did the best of those? How did the best of those react? Um, and what are some of the best things that they did? And so, so that really was it. And and you mentioned, uh, you know, a sanitary environment. Um, So the first few, you know, one was when I was a dealer, it was kind of a a gold star for an employee to come in if you were a little sick, like you, you just push through it, you work through it. My granddad taught me that, you know, you, you, you just work through it and uh, you just become a workaholic and you know, a little fever shouldn't hold you back. Well, that's changed now. There's no gold star for perfect attendance. And and we've got to take that seriously, a sanitary environment. So I, I recommended a deaver sanitation specialist. So imagine just someone in the dealership that's assigned each day throughout the day to monitor high traffic areas, wipe them down, um, and, and just go overboard on cleanliness and, making sure the frequency is there, especially in the higher traffic areas, all the counters. And, uh, you know, more um, more than ever, it's, it's critical that we're organized and tidy and clean. And so, you know, maybe we've, you know, we've tolerated messy service counters and parts counters in the past. Well, we, we need to really make sure that in our dealerships we have this this image of really really great organization and cleanliness. It's so important now. And then the third item I talked about was um, just the handshaking. It's a social norm to shake hands. Um, hugging's become a, a pretty big thing. If you mm-hmm. have you noticed that is that the same on the West Coast? The yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, in some places it's more cool. than others, but yeah, a lot of the. You know, the big, whether it's, you know, two dudes, the big man hug, and they hit each other in the back real hard, and it's become so standard, the handshake, you know, when would we go without a handshake, of course, a high five, or like you're saying, a hug like that, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a, a strict policy. I mean, we have to take it seriously now. No handshaking, no hugging. sounds silly, but we need to find another way, other ways to show our, our respect and appreciation, um, but but that's something that has to go away. Um, and then just the other precautions. Uh, number four, you know, no trace. Using using uh, disposable gloves to as, as we're handling vehicles um, and going from one to another, as to just take extra precaution not to spread. And as customers see, service advisors doing that as they pull a motorcycle around and then change out their gloves, that'll give customers a little more confidence. And mm-hmm. and it also will help um, keep from in- spreading infectious disease. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other items that I talk about, those are kind of the first four. The other items are to promote employee and customer safety, but also they're coupled with customer accommodation during a time when a lot of our customers, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of trepidation. Um, Just like I was a little concerned about going into the dealership a couple days after, um, you know, an employee was sent home with confirmed coronavirus. Mm -hmm. You don't know what other employees have it. Mm -hmm. So during that time, we we can accommodate customers um, in a marvelous way, and, and help them have continuous service and the confidence that they have support from dealerships to continue to pursue that passion that we talked about. I call it social distance riding. Um, you know, and we need, we've got to continue to enable that for customers.
0: That was, in, were you saying that was um, number five on your list?
1: Yeah. So those are the first four. So, so going through five, um, through 10, you've got a virtual showroom. So the, the websites that dealerships have now need transparent information on everything that the dealership has in inventory available to pick up or to be delivered today. And so I think there's a lot of dealers that do a great job with keeping their used inventory up to date. You know, every day at least it's being updated. But this goes beyond that to provide more information to customers online about parts, accessories, uh, service jobs that are available, what the pricing is, so that customers can go onto the website and have this virtual, real-time virtual showroom. That's a tougher one because it's really not available yet. But we've got to work towards that. We've got to work towards that.
0: It's you're speaking my language from you know obviously the sort of what I do day in and day out, which is talking about you know advertising and units listed and and uh, and and the depth of making sure what we see obviously is that the better merchandise, the more of the story you're able to invest in it and it's displayed online for someone. Obviously, the the, the quicker the, um, the the turn happens on them becoming an owner. But in the same way as what you're talking about, I've said for the last couple of years and talked to guys and I get a lot of pushback. If I'm having a conversation with somebody on like a Facebook group or whatever, and I say, uh, you know, I really wish right now that when I'm interested in something for my motorcycle, motorcycle X, I'd love to be able to jump on my most uh, close proximity dealership because I've got plenty of guys here in different dealerships that I'm friends with. I buy from, you know, occasionally as I need things. But why don't you begin to make it a little easier for me? If I want to be like, man, what do you have in stock for my gold wing, my 2018 gold wing? You know, I I want something new and snazzy on there, you know, uh, whatever that is, you know, not the karaoke book. <laughs> I don't want to throw the karaoke book at it, but like, maybe I want a new windscreen. Maybe I want a new seat. Maybe I want a new name that thing. And I said, you know, I know it's a big, it'd be a big hill to climb for guys, especially with it, with a decent size inventory, but shouldn't I be able to go to your website and shouldn't I be able to search and say, you know, name these things that are for a or name that. Item. Maybe if I do my own homework and find an item number, maybe you've got them listed somewhere, like you're saying, in real time. And then I can blast out an email or I can pay ahead and pull up and pick the thing up without, you know, uh, blowing my whole day out, you know. Um, So I I, I think, again, this is in the times we're in. I like to think maybe we'll move some of those pieces because we have to in that direction. I'd like to think that that's.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We've got to get to real time inventory. What's available today? in the dealership, we've got to think broader in terms of everything, parts, accessories, services, in addition to the vehicles. Number seven is, is the, oh, I don't want to skip six. Number six is, is just this idea of virtual advising and sales. And so this is the cyber salesperson. So customers, um, in zoom, if you want to, Uh, stock that's on fire, invest in Zoom. Right now, the web conference is is becoming a pretty big deal now with all the work from home. So our customers, more and more, they'll be very, very comfortable a few months from now communicating over web conferencing apps. So this might be FaceTime, Google Meet, Google Hangouts, Um, Facebook uh, has a, I think it's Workplace, Zoom Meetings, and our teams at the dealership need to enable these kinds of interactions. So if a customer um, if a is at home or in the office and they're interested in what that and windshield maybe looks like and to confirm that it fits, they might want to connect over FaceTime with a parts expert that can talk to them about that face-to-face. Through the phone, and show them a couple options that are available, um, and and so you know imagine them holding it up to a bike in the showroom so that the customer can see what that looks like just yeah. real time. And so this is this virtual advising, the cyber salesperson. It's not futuristic. We have the technology already to do that, and we can accommodate customers in that way. The same is true for service. How powerful will it be for? a service advisor to do a FaceTime call with a customer Mm -hmm. to, um, show them, uh, show, show them what is going to be repaired on their bike. Um, that's, that's a powerful thing. We already have the tech to do it. So why not? Mm So the, uh, the next one is this idea of, seven which which would be scheduled shopping sprints so if customers prefer or need to visit the dealership then scheduling appointments is even more critical And, and a lot of dealerships um some are just getting shut down altogether with governor orders in in some states pennsylvania is one of those that was that just shut down all the dealerships there yesterday um But those that are allowed to keep the doors open, um, at least the back doors, could still schedule uh, private appointments with customers. Um, Even if your showroom is open, scheduling these appointments and then ensuring that that the I's are dotted and T's are crossed before the customer's there so it's not a six-hour shopping experience. That's really unthinkable. Um, these these appointments, these shopping experiences to pick up a new motorcycle, I should be able to go go to the dealership and out the door within sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. And so, improving that process for the customer that does come to visit, so that they're not stuck in the dealership for six hours, they can be out riding a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eight is just closing the door on open houses. There's no more. No more hot dog parties, um, at least I don't see it. The days of cramming as many people in your showroom as possible, hoping that the fire marshal doesn't, doesn't uh, shut you down, um, that's just not realistic anymore. Uh, so individual experiences with customers and creating personalized um, experiences is really the future. And so instead of a big open house where you cram a bunch of folks in identifying and customizing experience for each customer is, is what will be preferred. And this might be helping a future rider, a potential rider, have a coaching experience, um, at the dealership where you're teaching them how to ride a motorcycle, um, this could be a number of different things, but having personalized experiences with customers is is even more important now because these big open houses and parties with uh, hot dogs and nachos, that's a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like hot dogs, Brian?
0: You know, if I'm hungry enough, I'll eat hot dogs. <laughs> but uh, I can tell you it's funny. It's been a lot of years since I've been a part of a dealer open house in that sort of old school way, the way I grew up, you know, that, that was what they were. You showed up in hot dogs yeah. and look at the bike and throw your leg over it. And hopefully it doesn't fall down as you're a kid. You're not really supposed to be in there and sort of the, you know, being uh, in love with that for the rest of my life. But in more recent years, when I see open houses happening, it doesn't feel like an open house in most cases. And I, and I'm not, obviously some guys really do it up and they probably do a really killer job on it. But I, I've witnessed a lot more distancing from that being a reality, it feels like, over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. So, so if you're coming into my dealership, maybe I'll find out. If you're coming in during lunchtime, I'll find out what you like to eat. I'll, I'll order in lunch for you, and it'll be, it'll be personalized. So if you don't want a hot dog, you, wanna, you want a Philly cheesesteak, uh-huh. we'll, we'll make that happen, and that'll be part of your experience. So I think hot dog. I'm not against hot dog. I'm not anti-hot dog. I want to make that clear. I've <laughs> Got a lobbyist going to
0: call you tomorrow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just for individualized experiences, right? Yep. yep. And then, and then nine is this um, this idea of uh, pickup and delivery. And there's a lot of other business models that have been around for a while. Pizza made its, you know, made their industry off of local delivery services. And uh, and now it's everything. You can get everything delivered in food services now with with all the apps and all the services, Uber Eats and everything else. But customers have been becoming accustomed to that. However, given COVID-19, um, now it's, it's not just about convenience, but now it's about safety as well. And so this is something that dealerships can get really all in on and making it an option with every customer interaction. So finding out, would you would you prefer to come in at a specific time to pick it up or would you like me to deliver that to your home or storage unit or office? Um, just uh, two days ago, Camping World launched a campaign where they're now they've now enabled customers to be able to go onto their website select an RV buy it print the paperwork sign it mail it back to Camping World and schedule a day for their new RV to be delivered starting just just 2 days ago Camping World has made it possible to buy an RV regardless of where you are and you never have to set foot in that dealership. I think that's powerful. I don't think everyone's going to do that. I don't think everyone's going to prefer to not go into the dealership, but I think it's brilliant, given their older demographic, that that is now a service that they provide. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of whether that's and Accessories or a, a new four-wheeler or um, a a warranty repair that needs to be performed, pickup and delivery needs to be a just one of the services that's available at local dealerships. What do you have delivered today that you didn't have delivered ten years ago,
0: Brian? Lots of things. My um my wife got real i don't know i mean i think Hillsboro, oregon where i sit um probably because they built one of the amazon big old warehouses and the little network that went with it of, of people delivering within minutes of your order almost you know i mean in delivery times that are really close to real time anyway um we started yeah. doing that and then i talked to people in different parts of the country where i grew up in back east and you know in the midwest and you know, of course that they didn't even know that existed yet when we started doing it. And I was like, oh wow, I didn't know we were such a trailblazer it just became normal all of a sudden here because it existed, you know. And then the idea that, of course, lots of food. We're not doing a lot of that right now, but we are, um, in fact, we're doing it maybe the other way, needing a reason to get out of the house and running to a, a restaurant that doesn't let you dine in their dining room, but you can get some to go order from them to support local business that way. Uh, but yeah, honestly, it's a lot of things and and I think that's maybe the big shift. Um, you know, has occurred. And and here we go, anything motorcycle. I remember, though, working at shops, let's call it in the late 90s, early 2000s. And just knowing as a parts guy, parts manager doing that, like we really should have a delivery service. And of course, then it makes me think of like, you know, Napa Auto Parts, and you picture the guy in the little, the little car, you know, with the little baseball yeah (laughs) yeah and and it was like well that's not we're not gonna do that that's not gonna be us you know it'll be just somebody in their personal car a little shop car whatever but you know my mind it was like we should be doing that like i can't get everybody to always come here maybe the traffic's a bear you know they don't really want to deal with it or they don't really come to the side of town they don't really know where we are they have an idea you know whatever the the holdup was i really thought you know this is that was 30 years ago or whatever, 20 something years ago, I really thought we should have been doing it then. But as you'd said, now it's, you know, it's a perception thing. Maybe it's actually a a health thing for somebody to be like, you know, I'd let you show up and hand me something at my doorstep. I'm not setting foot in another location today or tomorrow or next month or whatever.
1: Yeah. It used to just be about yesterday. It was just about convenience for the customer today. It's about convenience and safety. And so, with the weight of that, it's a it's a very relevant. It's something that every dealership needs to seriously consider if it's not actively being actively promoted. Um, I uh, a, a dealership recently in Arizona closed closed uh, through the end of the month, and then they're going to reassess because of the coronavirus outbreak in that region, and. They offered their e- an email address. that If you need anything, email us. And I think that's good. I think it's good that you're available. I think it's better, and I think it's you know even I would say best if the communication was so clear that customers knew that we're we're available to provide pickup and delivery um, rather than imply if you need anything let us know let's be very deliberate and clear about providing that service to customers. I think it's critical and then number 10 is on in a similar vein mobile mobile service which is to say that there's a lot of jobs there's some maintenance and you know the technicians would be the experts here how far you could or would want to go. With mobile service, but there's some repair, maintenance, or installation that can happen on site, and so rather than driving the customer's vehicle back and forth, um, going going to the customers where the customer's vehicle is and performing that repair on site is a service that uh, is becoming more and more popular in the auto industry. And other verticals for power sports dealerships. uh, This is something that that this outbreak, this pandemic, could increase demand for that, and dealerships that offer the service could retain and increase customer lifetime value, in addition to providing again safety value prop for customers. During this time, and that's 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 my ten. So I gave away the whole article, basically.
0: (laughs) Well, I think (laughs) it'll it'll be spoken. I have spoken. (laughs) It'll be very shareable. Uh, You know, definitely. I'll put the I'll put a link to to Dealer News, even though I don't have the actual URL for the link where it'll be. They'll be able to find it on Dealer News when they listen to this. You know, if you're saying it's coming out on Monday. Uh, uh, plus, you know, if, if you guys don't know Jared, maybe connect with him on LinkedIn. He's really does a lot of these interesting articles. This isn't, this isn't a one shot deal for you to put out something that's just super valuable for us, for, you know, me and then ideas that I immediately am like, yes, 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 we should be doing that. And in, in these times, um, I was thinking of, there's a couple of these that it got me thinking about different things. Um. And and I guess I don't know. I, don't, I mean, hopefully you have got a few more minutes to chat. I think we we're talking about you know, can we get it close to a half hour? We we've, we've blown past that now, but I have more ideas or more uh, questions maybe for you as be the the way to look at it. What?
1: Yeah, um, and this is certainly. I, I I guess my disclaimer as well is I am definitely not the coronavirus expert. No, and I'm I'm you know I, I'm a former dealer gone rogue really and and the thing for me is i this is a nerve-wracking time as a dealership um i bought out my boss in early 1999 one year later the tech the the uh tech bubble burst you know and that was the dot com bubble that that made it really tough for the next couple of years and and this this may be even tougher you know 08 09 was was really tough and and hopefully uh we see a v-curve with this and traffic is customer traffic is uh is something that lightens a little but picks right back up i'm i'm optimistic but we have to prepare for the weeks potentially months that this may last and then We've got to be ready for the long term, the long term cultural shift, and how we adapt to customer preferences going forward. So, yeah. So, I would love to. Uh, I I've got a little more time, so I'd love to hear your your ideas and uh, any questions. Well, <clears throat> definitely not the coronavirus expert.
0: No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, me neither. Unfortunately, and it sounds like the people that are experts are still continuing to learn. Is it? You know, as more information is made available, or as it becomes a bigger issue, and they have a different sort of a a mental grasp on on the situation and where we're headed. But I started thinking the other day about, you know, we go to we go to name, you know, drive through restaurant, and I, bam, you know, I'm not in there. My shoes aren't getting germs on them from their location, but I just handed them something out of my wallet to pay for my order that they're then touching and then handing back to me. And it goes back in my wallet that, you know, goes in my pocket. Right. And right. I've been thinking literally these last whatever handful of days with all this, I started thinking, well, I guess I'm about to sign up for my, my phone's little, uh, you know, internal chip thingy that I hold next to their credit card machine. Uh, you know, like, you know, like I do it at a Starbucks or whatever, you know, I just, it, okay. it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I'm on an Android, but you know, I've got Samsung or Android versions of that same thing. I think even Google has it or whatever now, but, um, right. And it started making me think like between that and like, you know, the idea that I should be able to walk up to the doors at a dealership, a very high touch area, right? Sort of the the fatal funnel, if you will, of high touch, you know, that should have an automatic door opener or should have the little foot thingy that I put my foot on, right? And pull the door open instead of touching it with the hands, right? Is there any reason that you feel like some of that stuff hasn't caught on more um, in the retail stores that, that we interact with?
1: Yeah, no, and this this list is not for sure not a comprehensive list. I think that we need ideas to add to it, and those are those kinds of things are innovations and you know improvements to accommodate these same things, these same issues. Um, you know, sliding automatic doors are in in some dealers, but you rarely see them. They're just you know, there's there's a investment that you make. As a dealer in upgrading these kinds of things, and and uh, it it can't happen overnight because some of these adjustments um, are you know they're they're expensive. But I think adoption will definitely be accelerated uh, with things like that because of 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 the risks that exist in today's environment. So absolutely, I think those are great ideas. I'm gonna. I'm going to add those in as number 11 and 12.
0: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, and then I guess, you know, for, for some, you know, feeling on real life sort of strategies or whatever, um, you know, take the, maybe the worst case example right now, you've got, like you'd said, if it's, if it's Pennsylvania, I'm not sure. And you've got, you know, maybe California, these different places that have done some lockdown, Um, you know, where, what, what should a dealer be? Doing. Let's say, for example, they they can't have physical, uh, the door's open, people can come in. Uh, maybe they can't even do um, appointment setting appointments today, right? So maybe they can't even do that. Where should they go so they've got some action, they've got something they're working on? Would it be, uh, would you have them working on making sure their virtual showroom is like, what's the plan to ratchet and build that out? Because, you know, I can tell you from the cycle trader and RV trader side of things, People haven't stopped shopping. I mean, people are at home with time on their hands. They're probably doing more. I haven't gotten to pull all the analytics, but I'm still seeing lots of activity on my customers. Um, what, what would you say to someone who's literally, you know, not in their store right now? What, what would they be working on?
1: I think you're spot on. I, instead of visiting, I'll delay visiting a showroom in favor of Cycle Trader today. So that I can gather as much information as I can um in you know in my own environment because I know I can control that. Um and then it's it's a communication plan and do what you can. So being available through um with with a virtual, you know, the cyber salesperson sounds like something from a futuristic movie, but virtual advising and sales is something that we can enable right away. And, and, uh, you know, our, our, all of our employees are armed with cell phones and can FaceTime or Google meet. Um, that, that's an opportunity to just inform customers that we can do that and then establish some guidelines with employees to enable that virtual advising and sales. As far as scheduling, um, if there's not the capability in a dealer's website today, then let's start with with implementing scheduling by a text um, or whatever communications are available today that, that we can schedule on a calendar. And for some dealers, this is just a paper calendars that they keep hung up on the wall for now until the technology is available. Um, some CRMs have some good scheduling tools, but, but let's, let's accommodate customers with what we have today and then get better with technology down the road. But there's so much that we can do today. Um, as far as individualized experiences, you know, let's, Let's get the team together at the dealership and brainstorm on what things we can do to take a six hour, what is normally a six hour ordeal, tighten that up to 60 minutes when the customer comes, but be so prepared. Spend a couple hours preparing for that customer and blowing their socks off with just incredible organization when they arrive. And, um, you know, delight them with with things that they aren't expecting when they come in, and help them get in and out really quickly. These are things that are not. You know, yes, technology will enable some of this as as we get better um, tools that are accessible. But but these are things that we can implement now with the tools that we have today.
0: Sort of a ready shoot aim. Uh, That's one of the big things I go back to all the time is don't, don't, don't forego taking action because you don't have it all figured out, you know, make your best, you know, shot at it and then recalibrate and then go at it again. Like you're saying, if you don't have a digital calendar, you probably have a paper one. (laughs) Start, start working on that work toward the next thing. If you want to fine tune, right?
1: Yeah. And it's just, it's just hard work. I mean, local pickup and delivery, um, maybe we don't have a sprinter van that's you know, decked out with a wrap and you know, a delivery d- driver in a special uniform. Maybe it's, it's uh, you know, just reimbursing miles for now for employees that are out there doing pickup and delivery. But in a time where there's risk for lower floor traffic, um, going out and hustling for that business and working hard for every customer might include pickup and delivery services in a local market. And I think there's a lot of cases where customers would even be willing to pay a little more for the delivery service. I know when I want Jimmy Johns, I'm I'm definitely willing to pay a little more mm-hmm. for them to bring the sandwich to me. Yep. Um and so customers are accustomed to that, and they'll appreciate the opportunity to have that service brought know, right to their doorstep.
0: You know, I wonder, too, you know, we've said for so long that, you know, we, you know, some of us that have worked, you know, like everybody listening to this is working in a dealership or has in the past, I'm sure, that, or, or is considering doing it or whatever. But we've all got our comfort zone as we are there, and we're the service providers of sorts, and you can come into my house, meaning that into the dealership. But I've always been highly aware of, when I first started going into dealerships, how much I loved it. But, you know, it was you're on somebody else's sort of ground. Um, And I think there could be a real good breakthrough with the fact that there are certain people who might have a motorcycle well, times are tough. You know, gas prices are good. But, you know, maybe maybe they're like, Man, I really wish I could ride that bike, but we're all in the house now. Minimal days to get out. And I'm sure not gonna bring it to a dealership that I'm maybe uncomfortable in that zone because that's not my comfort zone yet. You know, I only walk in as a customer. Maybe the ability to to get a shot at serving them on their on their turf which on is their turf, their, their driveway yeah. their garage take a look at the bike well you know what this job okay so i checked it out you know it's it's likely obviously a battery would be my first guess and then we go from there um you know I, I can come back out it'd be another fee I'd, I'd recommend you let me take it back do a one-hour diagnosis and a battery you know authorize that the guys on the customers land you know literally on their doorstep uh, I think a, a whole different relationship can be formed and, and bring those in who who may have been a little bit more apprehensive to be really uh, customers to us yet.
1: Yeah, I love that. I I think this I, that's breakthrough, Brian. I think that you're right on point. There's a lot of customers that are in, inspired by motorcycling, for example. And maybe it's Gen Z and millennials that aren't comfortable coming into the dealership but they, they're spending a lot of time watching the cool videos and content that's available on social media. And they're mm-hmm. inspired by motorcycling, but it's tough for them to break through that barrier and make the step to come into a dealership. Mm-hmm. But if they can if they can request, um, you know, if they see on social media that dealerships are willing to come to them with a motorcycle to do an orientation, mm-hmm. that, I think that's, that's something that could just break that barrier of the comfort level that the customer has um, even after, even after coronavirus passes over. So yeah, I I think that's a really great point. We could bring in new customers that uh, by, by going to them instead of requiring this model of where you need to come into the dealership. Well,
0: you know, I think, a lot of the mindset could be, obviously, if there's fear, you know, it's the old like, okay, this is what I know we had and I'm afraid we're beginning to lose this or or, or whatever, you know, the long term could be loss of this pie. That's where I just, I guess I start thinking of like, okay, well, why does the pie have to stay the same size, right? You know, if today, if the roads are a lot more bare today of cars, right? man, you know, let's, let's make sure that people are engaging while they're stuck in their house. They're dreaming about, I can't wait to get out and the freedom, all these sort of things that are just tied in. And I think maybe, maybe the the long-term back is we've, we've stocked the, uh, or the, the market share is better on the street, uh, for motorcycles than it ever was before. And maybe a little lesser for cars. If, you know, if that's doable for us in a time like this.
1: Yeah. You know the Motorcycle Industry Council has launched launched an initiative this last fall called More Riders Riding More, and I know you're familiar with that. And a lot of dealerships are are interested in what the plan is. Um, they've laid out a playbook that's available on the Motorcycle Industry Council website, mic.org, where they've described the culture code of motorcycling, which is that which is to say that customers um, value individual sovereignty, that personal sovereignty that comes with motorcycling. And tapping into that um, and enabling that journey to ridership is is enabled by what the MIC has described as the portal to motorcycling. And I've talked to some that have said, you know, that portal to motorcycling, that's a website of some kind. But really, a huge part of the portal to motorcycling is dealership and dealerships that enable inspired future riders to engage with them in easier ways where there aren't as many barriers That's the portal to motorcycling that's the that's really the connection when, when that that future rider engages with a dealer because that dealer is is accommodating them in so many ways, whether it be a, a virtual um, chat from the showroom or, or delivering a, a motorcycle to the university where they're at to show them and their group uh, what it's all about. I think that those are things that dealers are so creative. I know that dealerships in this time are going to come up with great ideas. You know, this is just a list of 10. There's there's probably hundreds of things that dealerships will come up with that will delight customers, inspire writers and increase ridership in general. So that's, what's exciting is dealers will, they can and will become the centers for optimism through all of this craziness.
0: Well, <clears throat> I love it. That's, I mean, it, really that hits me back, you know, to kind of the core of, you know, having been in the business and just being like, man, we get to, we get to do this for a living, you know, like that's crazy. That's awesome. You know, people, and there's a reason why people come into the business and never leave and some try to leave and then are wooed back because they realize the reality of how it's not, you know, it's definitely pretty great to be able to, to do this in the business. And even when times are tough like now, I think there couldn't be a better group of, of people to get their back against the wall, be scared, be uncertain about what's going on, and start, you know, following the leads like the ideas you have, and start, you know, spinning those off in their own way. And uh, you know, we'll I think we're, I think we'll look back. You know, we'll do an episode a year from now and and talk about the great changes that have happened since that since this.
1: Yeah. If anything, I hope that that this list of ten. 10- Is just a starting point of inspiration for these passionate, you know, passionate and committed dealers and their teams to come up with the ways, the action plan and to communicate, you know, put together a robust communication plan and communicate to customers and potential writers so that they have this, I love what BRP just did. They they just published a, um, a a kind of a mantra for this crazy time, which is that BRP, whether you're on a Can-Am uh, Spider or a, uh, they have a turbo. Did you hear they have a turbo two-stroke Snowmobile now?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen some videos. It looks pretty awesome.
1: That's crazy. So they're <laughs> they're promoting. They're promoting escape therapy. And I, I think that's really, they captured the essence of it. Like in these crazy times, we need escape therapy. And so, yeah, absolutely exciting time. Uh, big opportunity for dealers to be the centers for optimism here.
0: Well, I think you're right on the money. I won't keep you anymore. I know we've run kind of longer than we had anticipated. I appreciate you. Taking the time to jump on to do this, I'm going to include um, a link to your uh, LinkedIn and maybe the article too, but definitely a link for a uh, dealer news. People can jump over there. Uh, you said it was Monday um, and I'll be able to check out your article there on dealer, dealer news. So
1: it'd be great. And I'd love, I'd love to hear from the dealers out there that I know have, you know, their own ideas that they can share so that other dealers can hear those best practices no, this, like I said, this is only 10 of hundreds of, uh, opportunities to get through this. And so I look forward to that engagement. We have a incredibly tight knit and just a cool industry that we're a part of and sharing, helping each other is how we're going to get through this. Thanks for the time. Your podcasts are amazing wow. and uh, appreciate you. all the good that you're doing, um, for, for the industry. It's making a big impact. So thanks for having me on, Brian.
0: Thanks, Jared. We'll talk soon.